Don't worry, nobody's gonna watch it. Nobody's gonna call you call you on your on this Oh, uh, you just wait. You just wait. Okay. It's gonna be awesome. We'll have hundreds of guests. We'll have the biggest, best directors on our on our podcast. Uh, he loved, he loved. Don't worry, he just wanted to see the weather. He just wanted the weather channel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Welcome everyone to Skip Two Credits, the podcast about movies and TV and video games and anything else that uh, interests the three of us engineers. Uh, my name is Michael. I'm joined today by Jack. Hi. And I'm joined today by Sahil. Hello. So uh, as is the usual format, we're going to start off with uh, just sort of talking about the things that we've been talking about and enjoying the last couple of weeks. Um, I think uh, we'll start off with uh, Jack today. What's been going on, Jack? Um, so I saw Star Trek Beyond uh, last week, I think. Uh, so it's, it's a pretty good movie. If you saw the first two, they're pretty good. If you don't like the first two, then you probably won't like this either. Uh, if you're a fan of the Beastie Boys, uh, they have a song that's actually vital to the uh, to the to the action sequences in the movie but apart from really? that yeah they, they found a way to put it into the action which was pretty mm. interesting and we've got Sahil's favorite actor in the movie is Idris Elba yeah how is he in the movie it's pretty good it's pretty good he has like a good uh, like story but the problem I don't know the problem with Star, those Star Trek films they're just they're really good but they just I don't know maybe they're overshadowed by Star Wars or something because they just don't uh, they don't seem as memorable for some reason yeah I, f- I find them really watchable like the the first one the two- 2009 Star Trek the first reimagining um, I think I watched it like three times no I watched it four times I watched it in a movie theater I watched it in a drive-in theater I watched it on an airplane and on video wow that's that's most of what I remember from the original Star Trek. So you may have a point. Yeah, I kind of agree with Jack a little bit because I watched the first one and I still I couldn't tell you exactly what happens in that movie. And then I completely skipped the, the second one with Benedict Cumberbatch and now I have little desire to watch this one. I, I would partially agree with, with you, Jack. The um, I, I don't really remember the second one very much, the one with... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch, but uh, the first one I, I enjoyed quite a lot and watched it a number of times, as I mentioned. Um, but yeah, what, what's sort of the verdict on the? Uh, yeah, on it's, this it's, new it's one fun. Worth seeing. It's good for like a fun popcorn movie. It sort of gets the essence of that popcorn film vibe uh, mm. to to a T. So yeah, you should you should definitely watch it if you're interested. I think my friend. Who or my coworker um, who has his his theater in his house? Um, that's the movie that we're going to be watching in there. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. But uh, he was telling me about his theater, and it's got like he has a transparent projector screen, so he's got the speakers behind the the screen. He has a laser projector. It has like the proper tiered seating and everything. Like this is a full on theater. Yeah, I'm excited like to see it. It's gonna be awesome. Uh, yeah. So the other movie I saw, like literally, I think the following day, I think. Uh, was Hell or High Water. Uh, it's about two brothers uh, robbing banks and there's this uh, uh, sheriff and his partner trying to catch them. So uh, it's actually really, really good. It's written by the same guy who written uh, Sicario. It's got a good edge cool. to mm-hmm. it. Sorry? That's cool. Yeah, it's, uh, performances are fantastic. There's a lot of good humor. There's sort of almost subtle racism humor too. It's always hilarious. Um, in a good good way. Not, not in a bad way, obviously. Um, Who's in the cast? Jeff Bridges. He's, he's the sheriff. You got Chris Pine and Ben Foster. Chris Pine from Star Trek and Ben Foster, if you've seen the remake of 310 to Yuma. Yeah. Uh, they, they play brothers. And there's uh, a guy called Gil Birmingham. He plays Jeff, uh, Jeff Bridges' uh, <clears throat> half Mexican, half Native American uh, partner. So the, the racism happens between both of them. They sort of mock each other, Jeff Bridges and uh, his uh, sort of sheriff partner, so to speak. And it's a really good movie. It's really well shot. It's got like a, a cool, intense uh, opening. Almost, I think it was a one-shot thing that they, 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 they did, 
which was pretty neat. Um, and that was a solid movie. You should watch it if you like that kind of thing. Hmm. Um, and I rewatched 2001 A Space Odyssey in the theater. I've still never seen that. Still never seen it. You never seen 2001 Space Odyssey? Are you serious right now? I am serious. I've I've watched half of it. Remember, I was at home one day. I watched half of it while I was making some cornbread, and then I finished the cornbread and ate the whole loaf. And the movie wasn't over yet, so I turned it off. So, all you have to watch is until about what three quarters in, and then it just turns into an LSD thing. So, you don't have to watch the whole. Right. Well, okay. So the first time I saw it, I hated it because it was slow. It was boring. There was no one to really get attached to because they kept switching timelines all the time the second time mm-hmm. though because i was aware of all that it was a lot more enjoyable i was able to focus more on uh the, the little um, uh, practical effects that they did so it was a lot it didn't feel as long it didn't feel like three hours it felt like two hours which is good um uh, so mm-hmm. when i saw it in the theater it even had an intermission which was hilarious nice uh that's yeah, cool. pretty funny. I want to I want to watch a movie with intermission for some reason. Um, but yeah, it is actually a lot better the second time. Uh, and it also has uh, I didn't I didn't realize at the time, but I was I just noticed that the the thousand has a very uh, different kind of na- narrative of telling the story, like the way that it was telling the story. It didn't just follow one character throughout the whole movie. Sort of, mm-hmm. if no one has seen this movie, it, it, you should. Just, just, just so that you can say that you've seen it at least. Um, so it starts off with like the dawn of man, which is pretty much you're looking at Planet of the Apes, only uh, better, better, better effects for some reason. Uh, yeah, Andy Serkis wasn't born yet. So. No, but even like the original, I'm talking about the original, the one before 2000. I know. Yeah. <laughs> even though they came out after this movie, uh, so you go through that time period, and then you go through uh, the future, and you think, oh, I'm following this person. And it switches again. So it keeps switching between those timelines so you're never really focused with one character. So that was good because now I was aware of it. So I, I didn't mind it as much. But yeah, that LSD trip was definitely uh, a bit too long for some people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that last bit. Fair was, enough. It, I, I was just confused. I, there was no... I don't know. It felt like uh, the part in... Uh, in... Uh, Tree of Life in the beginning, but done way less better, I think. Way le- way less better? Is that good or is that terrible? Yeah, that's, a, <laughs> that's a word salad. Sorry. It's a, it's <laughs> word salad. So, oh, so. It, wasn't as, it wasn't as, I think, it wasn't as well executed as the one in Tree of Life. So. Oh, okay. So Tree of Life mm-hmm. was better. Okay. Okay, I guess. Well, I like, yeah, 2001, I, I, I enjoyed most of that movie. I thought it was. Definitely a classic. Yeah, definitely a classic. Or at least that's what filmmakers keep saying, talking about every time they good. bring it up. Um, <clears throat> and the last thing I want to talk about, uh, I'm almost finished reading a book called The Father of the Spin. It's about the father of public relations, a guy called Edward Bernays. He's like uh, Sigmund Freud's uh, nephew. And uh, I want to give you, like the book obviously goes through about his life, about you know, his family, about what he did, what he didn't do. But I can just give you, like, an example of, like, kind of uh, public relations stuff that he did. For example, back in the day, <clears throat> the American breakfast consisted of, uh, um, uh, like, toast, coffee, you know, something very small and light. So the bake- a baking company went to him and was like, okay, we need to sell more bacon. So uh, so what he did, he went to a doctor told him, what, what's better, a hearty breakfast or, like, a light breakfast? And he got like a huge number of doctors say, oh, it's a hearty breakfast. He got like a more favorable reviews for a hearty breakfast, like a bigger breakfast. And people associate bigger breakfast with like eggs and bacon. That's why the, the, the staple of American breakfast is eggs and bacon. Hmm. Like he managed to like manipulate. Interesting. Yeah, it's a pretty interesting book. Like he, he introduced, um, he did introduce smoking to women, but he made it more popular, let's put it that way. Which, is, which obviously isn't a good right. thing because smoking is not good to anyone. Um, and he got involved with like Guatemala with like the the with there's a company called United Fruit. They sell a lot of bananas in the states. So he helped uh, uh, like 
do like a tour, like a, what's it called? A coup d'etat in Guatemala with the help of like the CIA and stuff. So that's pretty neat. And Agent 47, hmm. obviously. No, like, yeah, if you're into like conspiracy theories, it's great. But if you want like reality, it's great too. Hmm. So, so, so Interesting. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, check, like, at least like read up, read up on him. He's a pretty uh, interesting character. Cool. Cool. Cool, cool. What about you guys? I've been, first of all, sorry for any audio troubles. Um, we had to, I had to change out my mic because the, the nicer one that I had recently purchased was not playing well with the computer. So sorry it, about that. It wasn't so nice. It wasn't so nice at all, fortunately. Um, I, I finished Luke Cage, the first season that's on Netflix. I remember last, last time we talked, I said I was pretty excited about it. But mm-hmm. uh, I think that season is a tale of two halves. Um, there's a point in the middle <laughs> of the season where something happens and sort of changes the whole dynamic of the show. They remove one mm-hmm. element, and I don't want to spoil it, but they remove one element and they add in another element to replace it. And I don't think that new element is quite as interesting or as original as the as the original one. But yeah, uh, it's right. it, it it sort of it sort of goes back to old sort of tropes, comic book tropes, the fight scenes, and the final battle is sort of, you know, I, I thought it was an anticlimax. The The whole finale of the show wasn't that exciting. It kind of ends on a bit mm-hmm. of a downer. It doesn't, to me, it doesn't really set things up that well, except for like this one scene at the end. So I don't know. It, it was a, it started out strong, that show. I still think it's worth recommending just because it has some has some neat writing and it has great montages where they're like they'll show a band playing and then they'll do the whole while the band is playing they'll cut between the band playing live and stuff happening in the story which i thought was pretty cool and yeah there's just a little bit of sameness in the second half of the season that you know, usually when you're excited to watch a TV show, you want to see the next episode. But for me, it was sort of because, uh, like, I have to watch another one of these kind of thing. So hopefully, it'll... I want to see what they do with the whole. Actually, I don't really care. I don't care. I don't care that much about the whole Marvel joining universe thing. Whatever they're planning to do on Netflix, it's I'm not that mm-hmm. interested. But this. Yeah, the series kind of disappointed in the second half for me. Uh, be- yeah, fair enough. Yeah. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet, but uh, hopefully soon. Yeah. Um, what have you been watching before I get on to my next thing here? Uh, I haven't actually watched too much. The last couple of weeks have been really busy with for me at work. Uh, I went on a work trip last weekend that took up the whole weekend and had no internet or uh, any sort of media How do you capabilities survive? during that trip. So that was... Yeah, it was hard. <laughs> no, it was actually quite quite nice. I went to a very beautiful part of this country. Um, uh, but anyway, that's unrelated to the to the podcast. But uh, I what did I watch? I I can't remember if we talked about it last podcast or not. But I did watch uh, the movie Joy with Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, you did mention it. Did I mention it? Okay. Yeah, I, I well, think that it's was... just like uh, an impulse of yours to always mention Jennifer Lawrence in every episode. You'll just uh, she... into... Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. She's uh, she's worth talking about every day of the week. Mm, okay. Uh, any, anyway, <laughs> um, so I did discover this thing that Vogue does, like Vogue, the, the fashion magazine. Um, it's a thing on YouTube called... 73 questions <clears throat> where they just effectively ask uh, different actors uh, 73 questions and they just answer them. But uh, they released one with Emma Stone, who's one of my favorite uh, actresses. She's just lovely in every way. Um, and I was very impressed by this. It was the production value is very high. They, they'd obviously rehearsed this whole 73 question thing. The, the sort of the the staging of it all was was well done um and it was one long one long nine minute long cut of just asking question and getting an answer while 
Emma sort of walking around her apartment, like just doing various things. And it was just, it was really well done. I, I, I really enjoyed it and uh, look forward to more of them. Do you think it's her real apartment? Possibly. Um, I, I felt kind of staged to me. I don't know. Yeah, it was definitely all staged and stuff, but like, it's who knows if it was her real apartment or not. Um, yeah, probably not. Yeah, but I think she's probably the best one for that since she was in Birdman. She's used to like long takes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, true. <laughs> true. I'm expecting the next one to be uh, Keaton. What's his name? Uh, what's his first name? Um, Michael. Yeah, Michael Keaton. I was about to say Buster Keaton for some reason. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'd like one with Buster Keaton. That'd be good. Um, but yeah, anything else you've been watching, Sal? Uh, so, oh, and I finished when I finished Luke Cage, I was looking for something smaller to, to consume in bite sizes. So I was looking for a comedy, and I found this thing on Netflix called People Just Do Nothing, which is this BBC show, sort of a mockumentary in the vein of The Office. And it follows this group of friends in Brentford, UK, who are sort of managing their own pirate radio station. And they're all basically idiots they just they're all there's one of them who's like t- like your t- david brent and then his friends there's a couple of gareths in there and they all sort of do nothing they smoke weed and do this radio station thing and <laughs> like play garage music on and off and it the documentary sort of follows them in their weird escapades and like trying to um, start a nightclub thing with their friend who's this entrepreneur, not entrepreneur, entrepreneur, because that's just the kind of dumb stuff they say. So I, I don't know. There, there's there's good good things about it. There's like really funny lines in there, um, really laugh out loud jokes, but at the same time, there's no there's there's a very slow moving plot. I like comedies that have something that's going on, like you see the characters progress uh, through some sort of plot thread, like they get promoted or whatever, things like that. Like in The Office, David Brent became the manager of two divisions and then got a, a regional manager above him or whatever. In this show, things like that don't kind of happen. And I think I'm comparing it too much to The Office, but it is very similar. And if you want to get a vibe for the show, just imagine like three dudes in like this dark gray London alley, uh, with like sort of posing in a gangster way in front of this Volkswagen Golf, and they're all wearing sport jackets, and they're all idiots basically. It's 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 <laughs> really it's just either you'll find the characters very funny and likable, or you'll find them completely stupid, and you know you might go one way or the other. But it's a fun little show I found and. Uh, I haven't quite finished all of, all of it, but that was pretty pretty good. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Jack was mentioning reading a book earlier. Um, I just want to mention that I finally started reading Peter Jackson's biography. And I have to say, like, that man is... It's no wonder that he's become so successful. Like, basically, he had really no tools... When he was younger, he just had this super eight camera, um, but he just like found a way to do things, and and he just he just went and did stuff. He he would just went and made movies, and he made like tons and tons of just little like experimental things that didn't work out and stuff. But he probably learned a, a heap from from doing them, and it just sort of built his repertoire. And I kind of I'm kind of a little envious of the fact that he's done that whereas my whole life i've just kind of been like yeah i should do that that would be really cool but then i don't go and do it yeah um yeah i know i know that's so, quite quite well <laughs> it's it's a really good read though if you if you guys get a chance to read it it's actually really interesting um it it basically covers his life up to the point where he does king kong right is, um is it uh I, I don't I, is it a ghostwriter or did he write it himself uh, it's, well, it's a, it's not an autobiography, so it is a ghostwriter of sorts, but there are okay. a lot of se- segments of it where he's like talking in the first person as, as Peter. Okay. Um, but yeah, it is, it is, it's quite interesting and it's pretty easy to read. It's not like, it's not like a really heavy 
depressing biography like a lot of them are, but yeah, it's good. Is it, is it, just, is it just called uh, Peter Jackson a biography or does it have like a fancy title? Um, to it? I have it. It's called How I, I Made right the Dead Series in the World and then Tank. Okay. <laughs> it's called Peter Jackson, A Filmmaker's Journey. Yeah, it didn't tank. The Hobbit still made like billions of dollars. I mean, quality wise. Mm-hmm. It didn't tank. King mm-hmm. Kong was okay. Lovely Bones, eh. The Hobbit, uh, yeah, but they have to keep in mind with the Hobbit, he he tried like to embrace new technology. He had pretty much no pre-production time because Guillermo del Toro left, mm-hmm. and he was trying to Did embrace. Well, oh, sorry, I haven't finished it. Let me finish my point here. My point oh, is, okay. he 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 uh, he had to he also had to like embrace all this new technology, like the forty-eight p and uh, frame per second or whatever, and, mm-hmm. and new technologies that he he like he didn't have enough time to experiment with to know to manage to make it look as good. And probably studio pushed him to do a three picture deal instead of it. Yeah, I think it was supposed think, to be two. I think at the beginning. Yeah, the three movies thing was probably external. But uh, did you guys see it in forty eight frames? Uh, any of them? I saw the the final one in forty eight frames. Yeah. Oh yeah, I, saw, I, yeah, yeah, I think I saw the final first one. one. I did not enjoy it. Forty eight frames was a bad idea. Nobody's used it since then. I don't. It was just so mm. that the makeup looked fake. The sort of cinematic quality was you know the cinematic film grain or whatever it is it is lost so I don't yeah know. yeah mm-hmm. i still don't have a full understanding of it i don't understand what why the the, the makeup would look fake at when you increase the frames it's not like i don't know i think it's just because there's there's more clarity because there's less yeah. it's less blurry yeah. right um fair enough so yeah, I, I think I think yeah. forty eight would work. You know, when those big movies, they'd have those like sweeping shots. It'd be like a like a battlefield or like a, a beautiful mountain side or whatever. And they do a sweeping shot, and so there's a bit of a there's a bit of a shake. It's not like super smooth. I think forty eight frames per second mm-hmm. works good for that. That way, it gets a much smoother uh, motion. Yeah. Especially if the mm-hmm. camera's moving like relatively quickly. But uh, the minute you um, yeah, the minute it's just like people talking or whatever. I think that's when it just falls apart. Yeah, no, I, uh, I think, I think Peter, like after he released the first one and everyone sort of complained about forty eight frames per second, they did. They spent a lot of time in post trying to make the forty eight frames per second a little less jarring. And by the third movie, it, I didn't really notice any uh, any issues with it. Um, but I. I I couldn't compare it to the first one, for instance, because I didn't see the first one in 48 frames. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's interesting to see people's opinions on it. Some people do love the 48 frames. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, I'd say more people don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sort of like 3D. People, not everyone likes it. Yeah. my, My personal opinion of 3D is that it's great. If I, as long as I don't notice it. So I might as well just not have it. Um, <laughs> well, kind of. It basically, it like, as if it immerses you in the in the experience more, then that's great. But if it like makes itself, like, oh, I see what you're saying. If it throws itself in your face, like, like if someone throws a spear at you and it like flies out <laughs> at the screen towards you, that just pisses me off. I hate that so much. But uh, like movies, like. Um, which one did I see in 3D recently? It was really good. Avatar. Man, that's like uh, no the the Martian when the Martian came out, it was all 3D, and I didn't really notice it. Um, but I I remember thinking like, oh, this like feels more real. Um, mm-hmm. So that it's something like that, and the 3D in Tintin, the animated movie, was some of the best 3D I've ever seen. I wish I um, wish I saw that in the theater. I saw that in Yeah, it was really good. I think 2D. Mm. Damn it. Mm. Um, that was, interestingly enough, that was all made in Wellington. Yeah. Mm. I think they're doing a sequel to that, actually. At some yeah. point. Yeah, they are. They yeah. keep talking about it, but I don't know. I think I think the first one, that, that maybe they were expecting it to make so much more money, and it didn't. Maybe that's why mm. it's just taking more time, I think. And that, and, yeah, and, right. and Peter Jackson's like busy doing The Hobbit, and Spielberg is doing busy doing mm-hmm. every other all the other movies. Yeah, right. 
I'll I'll go ahead this time. Um yeah, I'm thinking of actually reading the comics, like the Ten Ten comics. They're pretty good. I've read I read them when I was a kid. Yeah. They are really Yeah, they're really good. They're really good. They're they're if you can like get them for the library or something, then absolutely you'd be a Oh yeah, I found them all in the library. Yeah. I, I think I'm getting I think I'm gonna get them in uh, French. Maybe I'll learn a new language. There you go. Yeah, because they origi- originally they are French. So. I don't know. I don't know whether that's, yeah. that's how you learn Belgium, yeah. French, but well, it helps. Well, I don't know. That's not exactly how you learn the language, but it helps like knowing all the words, words, and how the sentences yeah. are constructed. Mm-hmm. And with comics, they're always like one sentences, right? They're not paragraphs and paragraphs. Yeah, right. You don't want to be reading you. You don't want to be reading Le Miserable, for example, in French, <laughs> when you haven't read anything else before. <laughs> that is a very good point. Um, yeah, and uh, so that biography's it's great. Uh, I've I've been watching more Casey Neistat videos as well, um, and I I just am so impressed by that guy's production value, considering he does one of those a day. Yeah, I haven't gone back it, and looked at the archive, but I usually watch every. I've, all the new ones I've, I keep up with, they're pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So before we start uh, talking about Ghostbusters, Michael, uh, just quick <laughs> yep. check-in with the Hitman. Is uh, um, basically the only game I've been playing. Uh, they have this thing in Hitman called Elusive Targets, which is basically they'll give you a mission and they'll give you a time window, which is like six days. And if you miss that window, you can never attempt this mission again. Apparently, even though, right. yeah, even though it's right. on the disk or on your hard drive, you can never attempt it again. If you fail the mission, so if you die, basically, um, you will also fail the mission and can never try it again. So there were two of them in, oh, really? in quick succession recently. Um, and uh, the first one I failed because uh, of unforeseen circumstances. But the second one is <laughs> a cool story about that because the first time I tried it, the thing is you can quit. It's a it's a bit of a slimy way to get out of it, but when you before they kill you, you can quit and restart. So that's what I did for the the newest elusive target. And then basically, I knew where the dude was going to go and who he was going to talk to. <laughs> I equipped myself with a cell phone that when I call will blow up. And then I placed the cell phone next to the guy that the target was going to talk to. And the guy was such an idiot that he saw the cell phone on the floor and picked it up and put it in his pocket. And then basically, <laughs> the story tells itself, um, and then I escaped in a helicopter. The game is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's all <laughs> I <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah, how many more people do you have to kill to, to like, just No, there's, so there's uh, a new episode coming out at the end of the month, uh, based in Japan, and then that's the, that's the end of the season. Um, and then they sort of do this elusive target stuff where they update the game with timed missions. It's not, it's like, it's up to you if you want right. to play. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Right. Cool. Yeah, maybe uh, not. I'll, I'll have to check it out at some point. Yeah, I, I simply like it. it. It's, a, it's, it's a, I think it runs well on PC and stuff. They, they're pretty... Oh, yeah, cool. I uh, Interactive are, uh, I think, pretty good with PC stuff, so... Yeah, right. Right. Um, so yeah, so the the other thing that I watched, uh, I just watched it last night actually, was the new Ghostbusters movie. Which uh I quite enjoyed it actually. It was it was it wasn't nearly as good as the original ones. Even even Ghostbusters two is better than, than this new one, uh, in my opinion. Um it felt in a lot of ways it felt very like sort of throwbacky, like sort of had the same sort of feel as the original Ghostbusters but in a lot of ways like like Paul Feig he has a certain style um which you'd recognize from his other movies like Bridesmaids and Hermel's ones that doesn't really agree with me um like there's certain things or sorry movies like Bridesmaids and stuff they're, they're wonderful um but I don't think that same sort of humor translates to Ghostbusters all that well um, certain things like like the big bad guy at the end. This is a bit of a spoiler. Um, but the big bad guy at the end, the way that they like sort of take him down is by shooting their photon packs at his crotch. Right. Which is just like that. <laughs> like the, I, that's unnecessary. 
That's unnecessary. Or like things like, you know, Slimer from the original Ghostbusters, the, the sort of fat ghost that slimes yeah, people. The green one. Yeah. Uh, he has a wife yeah. in the new movie. Yeah, like, like, come on. Silly. Come on. Like, that's just ridiculous. Um, but that being said, it was like a, it was a very pretty movie. Like all the CG and stuff. I found it very, very pretty. It was a fun and, movie. Uh, it was, it was a very fun movie. Yeah. I really liked the intro with the, the guy from Silicon Valley. I can't remember his name, but oh, I thought it was a pretty good intro. I can't remember and, that. Uh, what was the intro? Uh, it starts off with that, that like haunted mansion. Oh, right, right, um, right, right, right. Yeah, yeah I, I just, guy. I just thought it was kind of a neat. I don't remember, I can never remember, the, I don't even know that guy's name, but he's in everything basically, that, that actor. Oh, TJ Miller? Uh, no, it's a uh, thin, awkward looking guy from The Office and then oh. in Silicon Valley. Yeah, right. And uh, what's his name? He's um, also really good in it. The Thor, I can't remember his name. Yeah. Chris Hemsworth? Chris Hems- I, so it's funny because I was talking about this movie to a friend of mine and he said that his least favorite thing was Chris Hemsworth's character. Yeah. He, he but in, in my opinion, like, that was one of my favorite things about it. Yeah. Um, I like it was super campy and super over the top, but he was hilarious. I thought it was so funny. Like, <laughs> um, and apparently he came up with all that sort of all those gags sort of just on the spot and on his own. Like when he like it's gonna be like a loud noise or something. He like covers his eyes instead of plugs his ears. But like <laughs> apparently the the end is it a spoiler? Maybe maybe not. But the end scene where they're all dancing that uh, that was. First of all, it was pretty great for a credit scene. But uh, I think Paul, mm-hmm. I read that Paul Feig wanted it in there because it cost so much money and they had to cut it out of the, the original cut. So uh, yeah, it cost like enough. a million or more. Of, it was in the millions, I think. That's that one scene with all those extras dancing. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. Um, that actually, my favorite shot of the movie was during that dance scene when he like jumps up and does like a spin, like a 360 spin, right. but his face keeps facing the camera the whole time. <laughs> I don't, I don't know why, but I just like loved that little shot. It was just like a tiny little thing, but it was great. It was great. I, I did not like um, the villain in this one. The 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 kid, whatever he wasn't a kid, but the yeah, it, it wasn't compelling at all. I, don't I think, think that yeah. Movie, movies like this, they're made or broken by their villains, and I think that the villain in this case was pretty pretty weak. Mm-hmm. Um, the cameos are pretty good, yeah, though. So. The, the, Murray cam- the original crew cameo. Yeah, yeah. The the all all of them except for Venkman had cameo. Yeah, well, Venkman yeah. kind of had a cameo. There's like a a, a sculpted bust Is of there? him. I didn't. In know yeah, that. yeah. I, I can't remember where exactly, but like I, I thought that was pretty appropriate. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I don't think it's perfect by any means, yeah. but, uh, I think I came out, uh, yeah. watching it the same, same reaction. It was, uh, not great, mm-hmm. but wasn't bad either. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, should we move on to the sort of the next yeah. topic? I guess we're onto the news now. Yeah. We can, we're, we the can, news. Uh, we're sort of going long on this one, so we can sort of quickly skim through these. Sure. Sure. Uh, Jack, what, what do you got to start off with? Um, yeah, I should probably take notes of stuff like as, I, as they go, but uh, there was the, the Wolverine trailer, the Logan, mm-hmm. and it came out a few days ago, which looked pretty awesome. It looked nothing like a, like a superhero trailer. It looked like, almost like a drama, which was uh, which is great. Um, I don't know if you, if you guys saw like the R-rated version of the trailer, like the the red band or whatever they call it. Um, yeah, I did watch that. There was like a that there was a scene with him like sticking his uh, claws to someone's head. Which is <laughs> that was awesome. pretty awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, uh, I was like, kitchen tickets <laughs> sold. Uh, yeah, I. Uh, did you guys see the original uh, uh, in the Wolverine series? I, I did. I saw the original. One. I didn't uh, see the second one. Um, the original, I saw the original one with Deadpool as the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I saw yeah. that too. That was, it had some good stuff, but some bad stuff yeah. as well. Are they worth watching if if you're going to? Oh um, no, I think you might as well just stick with this one. Like, I don't think this one's actually connected with the other ones. I think it's just a different story. So is this uh, Hugh Jackman's uh, last one? Yep. Uh, he, I yeah, so. okay. Actually, 
and what a he has. Sorry, it's it's funny when when that first Wolverine Origins came out back in uh, oh two thousand eight I guess two thousand nine something like that. Um, I went to, I was in New York City and on multiple occasions I was called out in crowds by people thinking that I was like one of the actors from that movie. It was really surreal. What? Yeah. <laughs> do they think do, do they think you're Michael Fassbender? <laughs> it's like no. <laughs> I haven't been cast yet. No, no. This is a I, I can't remember. I can't remember who they thought I was. Let me just try and look it up. Um, but carry on, carry on. Speaking of Michael Fassbender, did you guys see the Assassin's Creed trailer? Uh, yes. Uh, I yeah, I saw it. It, it looks it looks fine. It looks fine. That it looks, you know, if if you're, I don't know, I come from it having played um a little bit of a couple of games in the Assassin's Creed series, but I know a lot about them. And the way the trailers are conveyed, it's sort of this doesn't quite match with I think what most Assassin's Creed Assassin's Creed fans like about the series. It's it just there's too much focus on the outside the simulation stuff, mm. and there's too much right. like this. The the music there's so much good music in Assassin's Creed. I don't know why they're choosing this kind of um, whatever music that they're using right now for the trailers doesn't really match with the Assassin's Creed stuff. I don't know. Maybe it'll be good, but the trailers haven't got me that excited about it. Yeah, I've never played the games, so I I actually um not really too interested uh if it ends up being a good movie then i'll probably go and watch it but if it's like it's a good cast for sure yeah oh for sure yeah i like michael fassbender have you seen shame yeah no i still haven't seen shame shame yeah have shame. i have seen that yeah. yeah shame is it's you know it's just one of those movies you gotta watch right right yeah uh, so probably don't want to watch it with the family though just just heads up yeah don't watch it don't watch it with family fair enough uh, speaking of game, um, yeah. Speaking of games, though, uh, Civilization VI came out yesterday or the day before yesterday. Yes. And I am super excited about that. Um, I'm also gonna wait for it to get a little cheaper because it's like eighty dollars or something like that, which I think is a little bit ridiculous to spend on a video game. Yeah. But uh, yeah. the I played pretty much every Civilization game up to this point, and so. They're so fun, so entertaining to me. So I'm looking forward to. How many hours did you throw into Civ Five? Uh, according to Steam, it's like something like sixty hours. I guess not, not too many, but I think I've I've installed it multiple times on different platforms. So, um, yeah, I don't know total. It's one of those, one of those games. I'm scared. I'm just. I don't wanna, cause I I have never properly played any of them. Yeah, right. Um, I tried Civ Four maybe mm -hmm. for a few turns on a demo version and. I was like, okay, that's enough. But if I got into it, I'm scared how many hours. Yeah, yeah. There's a. So there's, I sort of stay away from it. Yeah, there's generally a fair learning curve on those games, but uh, I always find it's worth it because it's it's like you're uh, like reliving history or like making your own history. It's really interesting to me. This is cool. And the the cool thing about this one is Sean Bean narrates uh, a lot of the stuff, mm -hmm. which yeah, it's pretty awesome. If if Jack, you should watch the. Uh, the launch trailer for Civilization Six and listen to Sean Bean talking about it. It was a cool trailer. It was a cool trailer. Yeah, it's a really good trailer. Um, I wonder if he dies. <laughs> <laughs> just like in the middle of the narration, he's just like, ah, I got shot. Yeah. Um, he, he, he'd be more, you know, epic about it. He'd be like, and so my civilization passes. Yeah, yeah. And then he's a really like, my Fellowship of the Ring, super amazing movie. I keep remembering Boromir's death scene. Mm. So good. It is good. So good. It is good. Um, speaking of video games, see, I'm, I'm on the segues for this one. Oh, um, yeah. On, there's a couple of big announcements this week from Nintendo and Rockstar. Mm -hmm. um, Nintendo has announced their new console, uh, and it's called the Nintendo Switch. It was rumored to be like this portable slash home console hybrid and that's what it ended up being mm -hmm. the, there's a trailer out for it like this three minute long trailer that shows the, these sort of millennials living in luxurious apartments having rooftop parties and stuff like that <laughs> but anyway it's uh it's a, basically a system where you can play it at home and then pick it up and go on and play the same game tech theoretically speaking 
on the go. And the way you do it is you take out these removable controller modules, connect them to a sort of home controller, like a joypad, like a proper game controller. And when you want to go out with it, you connect it back to this tablet-looking screen, and you you basically can put it in your bag and mm -hmm. play at the airport or whatever. Or as as the advert uh, encourages, you can take your dog outside and then completely ignore him while you play Zelda. <laughs> uh, it was, it's a it's a it's a sleek looking product. I think I think I'm I'm interested for sure. Yeah, it's, it looks. Yeah, I'd say I'm interested as well. Last last Nintendo console I owned though was the Nintendo sixty four. Um, and for me, it was the Game Boy Advance. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. I do like the idea of, of being able to like take like an actual proper home console on the go with you. Yeah, I think that's really good. It's interesting. Um, yeah. And the thing is, I'm pretty sure it will be underpowered at, to to some level. Obviously, right? Well, in the, the battery life's not going to. In the trailer, they 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 show them playing Skyrim, which is a five year old game now. It's five years old, and so if that's what they're True. if that's what they're uh, sort of bar is then that <laughs> that's benchmark yeah it's it's going to be fairly low but that's pretty standard with nintendo consoles anyway um that's true. and they focus yeah. less on on the fancy graphics and more on the actual quality of the gameplay generally um which yeah. is yeah. you know been probably both a, a a boon and a hindrance to them um but uh yeah i'm i'm optimistic i really want to play that new zelda i love zelda so it should be good yeah imagine playing that like a proper Zelda game while you're not hooked to the TV, you know? While I'm at work? Yeah, sounds great. Imagine playing Zelda on the toilet seat. It's just going to be the best. You'll never have a better bathroom experience. Oh, God. Thank God. Yeah, so it's coming out in March 2017. We don't know the price or any other details, but mm. the trailer's out there and it looks cool. Another trailer that came out uh, a few days ago is the Red Dead Redemption 2 trailer. Very beautiful. Which... Uh, yeah, it's a one-minute-long trailer. It doesn't really show anything about the plot or what the game's going to be about. It's just like these um, landscape shots and a little bit about the cities and just a little bit of plot, just a little bit of dialogue at the end. It's, it's Rockstar making a sequel to the Western open-world game Red Dead Redemption that came out many years ago now on PS3 and Xbox 360. I played that game. I did like it, but there was problems with it. There was lots of boring grinding missions to get you through the story. Mm. So I hope that they solve that. Uh, like something like The Witcher 3 has a good variety of missions and maybe they can learn from that stuff. But it looks it looks great. Like the graphics look pretty sweet. And it's Rockstar, so you can expect a high level of quality in their games. Yeah, it should be good. It should be good. Yeah. Um, Jack, did you watch it? I did watch it. Yeah, I just don't see why you're excited for a game by just like looking at the graphic. There's just literally just some graphic shots. No, it's not the graphics. It's like a nice atmospheric trailer, like the music and everything. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, would that make you want to buy a game though? It'd make you want to watch a movie of the game? So, well, I know Rockstar enough that I know the game will be fun to play. Oh, fair enough. Yeah, for me, I just. The, yeah, it didn't show any gameplay, which I thought would be important for a video game trailer. <laughs> that's true. But that's the thing we've we've elevated the 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 medium to a point where you can just show something like that and people are excited. Oh really? Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be Super Mario jumping on mushrooms for people to get excited. <laughs> I guess. Mm. So I um change uh, the subject a little bit. I watched, uh, you know, I've talked before about how uh, how much I enjoy Tested.com and their videos, um, and they released one yesterday or the day before um, with Adam Savage making his costume for New York Comic Con, and the costume was the uh, um, My Neighbor Totoro costume, and he just it was like a 40 minute long video of like the whole process of him building this costume and it was like it was so inspiring and every time they they release one of those videos i just i love them i've watched them i've often watched those videos like three or four times um just because they they both like get me excited about making my own costumes and movie props and things um while at the same time just being thoroughly entertaining and, and watching the process of someone who 
who is very skilled at what they do. Um, it's just really interesting yeah. to, to watch them or watch Adam, you know, sort of problem solve as he goes and, you know, things don't always go right and stuff. And so he, he's, he's clever enough to always work around issues and it's, it's quite, quite an interesting process. Yeah. yeah, I watched the whole thing start to finish because it was like I like Tortoro the character, and then I saw the co the comic. He he wore this for New York, the New York Comic Con, and it was pretty sweet. Like uh, the final costume, mm -hmm. so just seeing the process was really cool. And I I also think there's a lot of credit to be given to the guy who does all the shooting and editing. Um, yeah, Joe Joey Familia, he's great. Yeah. Yeah, he did it. Like that's a lot of footage. Those are gigabytes and gigabytes and hours of footage. Mm -hmm. He condensed it to forty minutes and then like add flourishes like slow motion. Yeah, shots. he did have quite a few slow motion shots for some reason. Yeah, it's, it's really cool. That's a lot of work. Yeah, yeah. Some of the slow motion shots were a bit funny because it was already a forty minute video. It's like why? Why are you trying to make it longer with these slow motion? <laughs> There's a lot of time lapses too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. I, every time that they release one of those videos, I just eat it up. It's they're they're fantastic. Um, so speaking of Todoro, yeah, as we, yeah. we're doing those the segues. <laughs> yeah, we're not. That's probably the best segue opportunity you will ever. Get. And we just messed it up, but that's okay. <laughs> so yeah, so yeah. Speaking of Totoro, um, we were going to discuss uh, our favorite Studio Ghibli films. Um, yeah, this was sort of. Uh, brought upon by the news that one of their legendary animators and colorists, um, Michio Yasuda, recently passed away. She worked there from the beginning. Well, she worked at a studio with Hayao Miyazaki and Isao Takahara, who went to form Studio Ghibli. And she worked on My Neighbor Totoro, Kiki's Delivery Service, Castle in the Sky, a lot of their stuff. Um, so yeah, she officially retired in 2008. But she was one of the important characters at that studio. So I thought we could maybe talk about some of our favorite movies and sort of remember them. They're still making movies, so hopefully there'll be more classics to come. Mm -hmm. Why don't you start us off, yeah. or Jack? Oh, right, sure. Uh, yeah, I was looking at the, the list of Studio Ghibli movies, actually. I realized that I thought I watched a lot more than... Uh, I thought I watched all of them, apparently. I didn't. Because there's like a few I haven't seen at all. Some of some of yeah. which I haven't even heard of. But yeah, uh, I haven't seen so many of them as well. But okay, so I'm gonna bring up uh, because obviously Studio Ghibli is known for uh, their like fun sort of Miyazaki films. But there's like the South Takahata, the other guy, <clears throat> and he does a lot of movies that if, if like in Hollywood or wherever they will be made as a like a drama feature. There's a lot of animated films that he's done that are um, that are just like dramas. Which like Grave of the Fireflies, that's one of his one of Studio Ghibli's earliest uh, work uh, works, and that's a movie that's really really good. Uh, it's, but it's it's kind of depressing, isn't it? Oh, it is really depressing. Like okay, so here's a synopsis: it's set in World War Two, Japan, and it's about this uh, brother and sister. They're like really young. We're talking about like they're teenagers. Like the the brother is definitely he is like probably he's not even a teenager. He's like twelve or something. He's like 11, 12, and his sister is even younger. And uh, his dad is like, his mom, I think, uh, dies. And his dad is, uh, is, is like a, like an ad admiral for like one of those uh, battleships uh, or aircraft carrier. No, for the battleships back in Japan. So he's like all, he's like trying to find food for his sister. And tr yeah, it's pretty depressing. Let's put it that way. Um, yeah, it's very depressing. <laughs> but it is really, really, like, if this was made into like a like a normal like real action live action film, uh, it would be winning at Oscars like all over the place. But because it's animated, but that's the thing about Studio Ghibli is like they would do a movie that most studios would turn into won't do as an animation. Uh, mm -hmm. They'll do like as a normal drama. They just do it into an animated form, which is pretty cool. Another movie that I saw. Um, like a few weeks ago uh, it's called Only Yesterday same director uh, that's also like a drama it follows uh, that's the one with the uh, uh, dubbed by Daisy Ridley that I was me and Michael were gonna watch but we didn't end up watching because I, I lost track of time um, <laughs> wait 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 big question here yeah. do you guys watch dubbed versions or original voice versions? 
for this one, I watched I watched the dubbed. Do you watch the original? I think I've only ever watched the dubbed versions. Yeah, I think so too. I always try to find the originals if I can. Mm-hmm. I think the only movie I saw that wasn't original, uh, yeah, but it wasn't Studio Ghibli though. I saw like Akira. I saw that in Japanese, but it doesn't matter. I think I think Miyazaki actually says that he'd rather that you watch it in the language that you understand, so you can focus on the animation and, oh, okay. and the and the drawings that he's that they spent so much time on. Yeah, way to go, so like, re- yeah, <laughs> rather than reading subtitles for like an hour I'm and a half. <laughs> um, but yeah, only yesterday is pretty good too. It's about uh, it pretty much is like two t- timelines. It's, it's the same person, but two timelines. It's one when she's like a, a small child hitting puberty and stuff like that, and then when she's older, in her thirties, she goes to this village in Japan, and uh, it's it's pretty neat. It's pretty neat also because when you see dramas, um, you get to know a lot more about the culture there. Because like that movie was partly set in like the sixties in Japan, and I haven't seen movies set in the sixties in Japan. Right. So it's pretty interesting. Uh, then I guess the third movie I'm gonna mention, uh, just uh, from like a funnier perspective, maybe not funny, something I enjoy is Porco Rosso, mm-hmm. which is uh, <clears throat> which is also like a it's a cool World War. It's like almost set, I think it's set in like in the thirties. It's about this pig uh, who's I think it's like it's a person who's cursed. And he becomes a pig, but he's I've also heard this one before. Yeah, and his uh, his he flies airplanes. <laughs> it's pretty neat. Yeah, I've... they like cursing people into pigs. Yeah, yeah, I think Miyazaki has a thing for pigs. Apparently, he has a pig in every movie he makes, hmm. either, really? either as food or as as as, as like usually oh. in the food department. Or something. Right, right. It's and funny. Porcaroso Por- has been probably the most often recommended. Uh, Ghibli film for me, um, probably because I'm uh, an aerospace engineer, so people associate that and the airplanes and stuff <laughs> to me. But uh, I I still haven't seen it. Oh, you should. It's pretty good. Yeah, no, I it's, it's also like set. It's also it's not like it's set in the 30s, right? So all the planes are from the 30s, which are like they're not biplanes. They they have well, like monoplanes by that point. Mm-hmm. So there's that cool uh, those cool kind of looking uh aircrafts and uh uh it's set in europe as well so you got like there's a, there's a place where Pocoroso goes to it's like hideout and this beautiful it's one of those pictures you have from new zealand where it's like water like a almost like a semicircle oh it's yeah like, yeah you know i know what i know what I, mean. I don't know what they call them um like an inlet almost or something yeah, yeah. Uh, um yeah it's, like, it's got some cool drawings yeah, that is one thing about about all Studio Ghibli films that they're all stunningly beautiful. Um, yeah. And mo- more often than not, they're not beautiful because of like the amount of detail that's in them. They're just beautiful because of of like the the color, the sort of the framing of the shots, and just every aspect of them. They can get away with not having a ton of detail in there in their images um sometimes they do obviously but but uh regardless it's it's always stunningly beautiful so i really appreciate yeah, i that. think one of the things that attracted me to studio ghibli most is like they just have this crazy imagination mm-hmm. that they go wild with you know mm-hmm. like howl's moving castle is about a house that is a is a castle that moves with like legs and it's got steam running out of it and at the center of it all okay this one i did watch dubbed um, at the center of it all is Billy Crystal on uh, in a fireplace running the whole thing. Like, who thinks of those kind of things, you know? Yeah. Or, like, the weird bath that Howl has, right? He, like, sort of stains on the bathtub and the weird... All this color in that, in that one scene must have been tough to, like, just set up that, that one frame mm-hmm. that... It's a lot of work, and they they do a great job, I think, with all that stuff. Yeah, undoubtedly. Straight the way, you you didn't mention that, Jack, but that's well, I did because I, I just assumed that you guys have seen it, so I'm gonna let you you guys pick it up. <laughs> yeah, that for me is my favorite for sure. Yeah, um, it's uh, I haven't seen it for a while. It's about a girl who gets lost, I think, in a, and it's from her parents, and she sort of comes upon this fantastic little 
um, town with this big bathhouse, right, run yeah. by this witch, mm-hmm. and she sort of uh, has to save her parents who now bec- they've become cursed as pigs, and she has to work for the bathhouse, and uh, she slowly, you know, gains some friends, and there's No Face, who Adam Savage actually cosplayed apparently before. I haven't seen that one. No Face is a guy who is a very rich client of the bathhouse and sort of becomes our close friend. There's, there's, like, you just have to watch those kind of movies mm-hmm. and just admire them, right? They're, yeah. they're so good. Spirited Away is one of my top 10 movies, I think, ever. It's really? really? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. I think it's, it's, it's definitely pretty good. The thing about, the thing to me about um, Studio Ghibli movies is I have a hard time watching them alone. So, like, most movies I'm, like, happy to sit down at my house and just watch on my own. Um, or the friends, doesn't really matter. But every time I, I try and watch any of the, the Ghibli films, I have to be with friends. Otherwise, I, like, Why? I don't know. I don't know what it is about them. But I find that, like, they're, they always sort of encourage a lot of discussion during the film. And so that's what I, I find one of my favorite things about those movies is... is sort of discussing them as you're watching them. But yeah. it's hard to do when you're alone. Yeah, one thing I'll say is I, I, I prefer their movies when they have this sort of fantastical nature as opposed to more um, plot-heavy stuff or stuff that's more action-oriented. Like Princess Mononoke is a great movie, but I don't like it as much as like Howl's Moving Castle. In Howl's Moving Castle, the war that's happening is happening in the background, mm-hmm. whereas in Princess Mononoke or Nausicaa and the Valley of the Wind, it's like front and center, right? Yeah. I don't like those 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 ones. I'm not t- too much into. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Great movies. Mm-hmm, they yeah. they don't make bad movies. I, I, no, actually, they kind of do. I watched, I watched Princess Kaguya. Is that the one? The one with the that, lovely... the, the tale of Princess Kaguya. No, that's, that was yeah, good. I, I did not like that movie. I don't know why. It's, it was pretty good. It was I really thought boring. It's so boring. It was a bit slower, but I was. I, I liked it. Huh. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Michael, you should watch it and give us your version. All right, I'll let you know. <laughs> I will not read the Wikipedia synopsis of that one. <laughs> oh, I don't. Actually, it's not that great. So whether you read it or not, it's, <laughs> I don't know. Sounds good. It was fun. It was good. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, any uh, other movies you guys you gonna mention? Uh, um, no. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you guys have already mentioned the three that I was gonna say. Oh, um, have have you seen The Wind Rises? No, I. So full disclosure, I've only actually ever seen three Studio Ghibli films. Um, Which are Spirited Away, My Neighbor Totoro, and Howl's Moving Castle. Oh yeah, we didn't mention My Neighbor Totoro. It's. Uh... <clears throat> It is a great one. It's, yeah, it's one good. of their originals. Um, and yeah, Totoro is just, he's just such an awesome character. I, I love Totoro. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It actually made, made, the, it made him a lot of money because after that movie came out, they sold a lot of toys, Totoro toys. Yeah, right. <laughs> that was like their, their version of Mickey Mouse. Mm-hmm. If, there's, <laughs> if there's one thing about these movies, though, is that like, I've never really been able to get into anime. Um, I've watched a couple shows and movies over the years, but um, Japanese anime in general I find uh, hard to approach. Except for these these films, is I always I watch them and I, I like I was like yeah okay like this is this is an anime that is meant for audiences all over the world. Like anyone can watch these and not be sort of put off by. The fact that they're different from typical like North American Hollywood films and stuff. Um, yeah, that's one thing yeah. I really like about them. Dun, 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 dun. What's that? It's the theme song for Twitter. Oh really? I should look into that. I haven't seen that in a while. But you remember uh, the part with the cat bus and they go in the cat bus and they yeah, like, yeah. you know riding in the night. Yeah. The lady starts singing. Dun, 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 dun. Oh, oh really? Oh, so good. Cat oh, it bus. could be. Yeah, yeah I think. Sorry to catch, catch, yeah, yeah, sorry, um, yeah. It's a cat, and it's also a bus. Yeah, cat bus is the most ridiculous thing. So if you're ever in... Yeah, that's pretty intense. If you're ever in Japan, I can't remember which city exactly, maybe Kyoto, um, wherever Studio Ghibli is headquartered, you can go to, like, 
their offices or whatever, and it's this big amusement park sort of thing where you can like go in the cat bus and like hang out with all the characters and stuff. Uh, A friend of mine went there a couple of years ago and said it was just the most amazing thing. She's also the world's biggest uh, uh, Studio Ghibli film fan. So yeah, fair enough. Yeah, yeah. I should mention like um, Miyazaki. So there's like the two main ones, and then there's a bunch of other people who directed stuff. So Miyazaki is obviously into the. If you look at his movies, he likes planes and he likes pigs for some reason. Um, I should uh, like as a fun fact for the audience, for anyone who's listening, for the listeners. Uh, you know that Ghibli, like the the reason it's called Studio Ghibli is Ghibli is actually a uh, kind of a plane, Italian plane, from back in the. Yeah, that's a, it's named after a plant. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Um, but yeah, on that note, I think uh, maybe we'll start wrapping this up for the day. Yeah. Um, so just yep. just sort of a wrap up. Why don't we talk about things that we might be excited about upcoming uh, events and movies and stuff? Um, first of all, the arrival is coming out pretty quick. A few weeks. Yeah, it's not cut. It's not coming soon enough. I wasn't gonna watch a movie the other day. I was like, oh, it hasn't come out yet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Um, I hear that you're quite excited about Black Mirror, Sahil. Yeah, I'm putting exclamation marks next to Black Mirror, you know, Google Doc. <laughs> I see that. It, uh, it, it released yesterday on Netflix, the third season of Black Mirror. Oh, uh, yeah, nice. The TV show we talked about on the last episode. Yeah, right. I'm very excited to watch it. I also feel like the time commitment for every episode is going to be long. It's um, Based on the first and second seasons, it was like movie length episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, this one has six episodes, which isn't a lot, but I'll see if I can finish all of them by the time we talk next, mm-hmm. but I'm very excited to see what they did with it. Um, the first two seasons, like I said, definitely worth watching. Nice. Nice. Um, well, I, so a couple of exciting things for me, um, not totally movie related, but some somewhat movie related. Um, Today, is the, or this weekend rather, is the sort of the comic convention in Auckland, so I'm going to go to that. Um, it'll be fun to, to sort of check it out. Uh, and I have a bunch of friends visiting from Wellington who are going to be there, both uh, working at booths and just visiting just to hang out. Um, but it's going to be useful to me because it's going to help me get ideas for potential Halloween costumes because next weekend I am going to the Weta... Halloween party. So that's like Weta Workshop and Weta Digital. They, hundreds of the employees will go to this massive Halloween party and just go completely all out on their costumes. Um, because, you know, if you make costumes for movies for a living, you're going to do your absolute best to make a good costume for uh, your work parties. So I was lucky enough to get an invitation to the party, so I'm going to be going there next week. But problem is I don't have a costume yet. So if there are any listeners who have ideas, feel free to send us an email or a tweet or anything. Um, but in the meantime, I'm starting to panic because competition is going to be fierce, and I have very little free time with work the way it is for me. So hopefully I'll uh, come up with something good. But but yeah, I'm quite. Yeah, so far, I think our uh, top one recommendation everybody agrees on is Jack. I mean, sorry, Michael, playing Brian Cranston from Walter White from Breaking Bad, wearing underpants <laughs> and going to this thing with brown boots, uh, green shirt, glasses, face mask, uh, Walter White, which you can find pretty cheap anywhere online. And put some blood splatter on it, and you're done. You're set. I'm pretty sure I will not be running around in my underwear at a party of full of people whom I respect and want <laughs> their respect. So, <laughs> uh. And also, I, I don't think the theme is, like, meth-related. No, but Walter White's... Nothing, maybe. Is it a spoiler at this point to say that Walter White is... Is, is, is dead? Is well, you've, you've just said it, so... Don't, don't kill me. <laughs> uh, I think it's fine. Um, yeah, he he's dead. So yeah, the, be... sorry. The the theme of this party is rave of the living dead. So you know, obviously a lot of zombies and stuff. But I don't really want to dress up as a zombie, um, partially because I don't like. How about a White Walker. Yeah, I don't really like face makeup. 
I'm a little weird like do that. Do you want to dress up as like a, like a Tomb Raider, like a Indiana Jones Tomb Raider type? I actually thought about that. Yeah, I'm I'm trying to find a way that I could like turn that into like a zombie themed thing, which would be cool. But we'll see. If you go with, like the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, yeah, <laughs> just to really. that up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it could just be Norman Reedus from The Walking Dead. Who? Oh, is that the guy with the shirt with no sleeves? What? I don't know. I don't watch it. Yeah, I've never actually movies. seen it either. Guy <laughs> with the crossbow? Yeah, I think so. Okay. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anything you're excited about, Jack? Uh, no. No. Wow. No excitement. <laughs> awesome. Nothing I'm excited about. Well, I think on, on that note, uh, we'll, uh, we'll wrap things up for the day. So thank you everyone for listening. It's been... Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I know we've got a few a few listeners already, so hopefully that'll just keep growing and growing. We'll get uh, some some real good guests on the show and everything, and, and uh, we'll sort of Do we? we'll sort of perfect the uh, the format. We'll get better as we go. We're we're obviously still learning, but but who are our listeners? Cause... Oh no, I've I've talked to a couple of people who have listened to the podcast. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, mostly because yeah. I but... mostly because I made them, but. <laughs> Did you make uh, yeah I mean I, my brothers uh, listened to it too yeah. the whole thing uh, one brother listened to the whole thing and the other brother wow. listened to half of it it's more than I would expect yeah <laughs> and again, again sorry for the audio I'm really really pissed off at this mic uh, well, your, your audio is showing it's pretty good actually right now mm-hmm. well uh, this mic I think is the same one I used the no, I, I might have used the laptop mic the first time, but the mic on this headset is obviously not as good as the actual proper mic, so mm-hmm. it's unfortunate. Yeah. Hopefully the audio didn't come out so bad when I start editing this thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Otherwise, if you want to get in contact with us, uh, we're on Twitter and Facebook and all those nice places at Skip to Credit. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, uh, thanks again, guys, and uh, I will uh, talk to you too soon. And... Thanks for listening, uh-huh. everyone. Yeah. Skip to credits to, out. You have, to, you have to sing the end. I'm pretty sure that's copyrighted. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's. I think it only had like two seconds of that.